This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Contreras, information technology expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, today on Everyday Tech, we continue our series on assistive technology with special guest Holly Bolton, typing in technology instructor with the Addie McBride Rehabilitation Center for the Blind. And Mike Duke, Director of Radio Reading Service here at MPB. To join our conversation this morning, please call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. This is Everyday Tech, only on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, today we will have our special assistive technology series with Holly Bolton. She's the typing and technology instructor with Addie McBride Rehabilitation Center and for the blind and Mike Duke. Of course, we love and we all know Mike Duke. He's the director of radio reading service service here at MPB. Uh, We're going to talk to them about assistive technology for individuals with blindness or visual impairment. Well, to be a part of this conversation or to ask any general tech question, give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Well, good morning, Wilson Jeremy. Good morning, Michelle. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. A little, little under the weather, but I will make it. And Jer- Jeremy, how are you? How's Hattiesburg? Good morning. Uh, Hattiesburg as well. It's a beautiful day. Uh, Things are moving along smoothly. And uh, yeah, yeah. Happy to be here. Excited for this show. Uh, When we were on the road, we uh, met a couple of different viewers that were uh, blind or seeing impaired. And I'm really excited to see what we've uh, what we've got. I hope they're listening. I really do, too. Um, this show, we decided, what, a couple of months ago that we were going to do a assistive technology series. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just it's so important to remember that uh, technology is for a lot more than just checking your Facebook page or sending a few emails and taking some pictures. There's so much, I believe, that technology can can give back to people and help us to all be more engaged and just just, you know, Make a difference, I and mean, I think that's really what it, what it should be about: is how can technology make a difference for everyone? I call it improving the quality of life. That's yes. what we want. And speaking of, that's a good segue to go into assistive technology because that's what it does: it improves the quality of life for everyone. Uh, so let's start and welcome our guest this morning. I guess we'll start with ladies first, Mike. Right. Start ladies first. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing fine. Doing fine. And um, oh, you can, yeah. We can. Uh, you can tell everyone who you are and what you do. My name is Holly Bolton. I'm the typing and technology instructor at the Adam McBride Center. I teach everybody how to get comfortable with their keyboard, so that way they are able to use the computer comfortably. And then once they've finished my typing class, they can go to learning JAWS or ZoomText um, and other screen adapting technology to get comfortable with their computer. And do you, now how long have you been um, with the Addie McBride Center? Uh, just under two years. Okay. Did you do that prior to coming to the Addie McBride? I was actually a client at the Addie McBride Center before I actually started working there. Oh, and then moved up and started, started wanted to uh, help others the way they helped you. I received so much help from the center that when I was offered the opportunity to come and assist them and work there, I jumped on it. I wanted to help others get to be comfortable with their computers like I am. And do you work with children or adults or both? Uh, it's adults mostly. We do have um, some programs where we will help uh, older teenagers that are getting ready to go to college. 
they are those are kind of more special situations but we do offer help to adults and older adults who need to get comfortable with doing technology and any other services they need from the center. Okay. And I'll ask a few more questions later on about children and how they get special services or training and um, training the parents and how to teach the children how to get used to the assistive technology. Let's move over to Mike Duke. (laughs) No stranger to MPB and no stranger to radio. Introduce yourself, Mike. Well, I am Mike Duke, and uh, I'm the director of radio reading service at uh, MPB, where I have uh, been for the past 30 years. <laughs> That's hard for me to believe. <laughs> prior wow. to that, prior to that, I spent 12 years in commercial broadcasting and uh, wanted to work in radio from the age of four. Oh, wow. And uh, never, you know, I tell people I was lucky enough, stubborn enough, hard-headed enough <laughs> that I grew up and did it. Right. Well, you know, when I met you uh, over almost a year ago, I was so amazed. And I know you get this all the time and people sit and talk to you because we're so amazed at how you operate on a daily basis with no sight at all. It's amazing. That's correct. I have been totally blind since birth. And uh, uh, again, I've I've been very fortunate to have, uh, first of all, I grew up with the silly notion that I could do everything my brother and sister did, and they were they were older than me, uh, and you know that worked a surprising amount of the time, and <laughs> other times when it didn't work, it got really interesting. But uh, but I've been fortunate to to be able to function, and I was encouraged by my my, my parents and my brother and sister to uh, to do things for myself and be as independent as I could. Uh, attended the Mississippi School for the Blind, uh, the one that was just uh, torn down and is now the district at Eastover. Uh, I, I lived there five days a week all through uh, grade school, and that's where I learned Braille, mm-hmm. which is probably the most important thing I've ever learned. Mm. Second most important thing I've ever learned was typing. Uh, of course, in, when I was in school, there were no computers, at least not for the home, right. and so I learned typing. That's the technology that got me through college, Braille, typing, and audio on a reel-to-reel tape and later on a cassette tape. That's the technology that got me through college at Mississippi State University. Okay. So you've seen it, and that's what I was going to ask you a little bit later, but since you touched on it now, you've seen how technology has grown and, and gotten more advanced for assistive technology, haven't you? I, I have. And all we, of it. <laughs> yes, and it, it's gotten more advanced. Some of it has gotten more affordable. Some of it uh, is still very expensive, and we'll talk about that later as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, the uh, I was a student at Mississippi State when the first talking calculator came along. It was made by a company in California called uh, TSI, sold for like five hundred dollars, and that Ooh. was that was nineteen seventy three or four dollars, you know. And <laughs> and and so uh, later, I bought. The, when they quit making those, I bought the inside of one of them to use as a uh, to adapt a display on a piece of ham radio equipment, mm-hmm. so that it would would talk to me and tell me some information I needed off that display. And and even then, it was uh, rather expensive. Uh, but of course, talking calculators now are you know they'll almost throw one at you when you walk <laughs> in the door. <laughs> and it's amazing how, like you said, when it first, when the technology first came about, they were talking, I did some research yesterday and they were saying that it was new. A lot of people didn't know how to use it. And it was bulky and expensive. $10,000 for, um, things well, that you can use to help you, you know, well, with you typing know, and things like that. But right. it's so much just like our technology. I mean, we see that in so much technology mm-hmm. today. I mean, I mean, you know, um, well, the first computer I ever bought was a 386, cost $1,500, and I got a good deal. You know? <laughs> exactly. Or just imagine what, what VHSs used to, mm. you know, yeah. what they used to run or, or, you know, video cameras. And now most of us are carrying around a video camera, a digital camera, a calculator, right. a telephone, a computer, a browser, everything. An alarm clock. Yeah, yeah <laughs> on our hip. And, and uh, that's really, as we've, uh, as we've advanced it, it, it really is nice to see that it is making it to where it's a lot more accessible to a lot of other people, too. Well, we have our first caller for the day. Let's go to Brandon and speak with Frank. We love our friend Frank. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. I have an elderly mother-in-law who's been legally blind all of her life, and she uses a device called a 
viewer to read magazines, write checks, read books, read recipes, things like that. It's a very expensive, clunky old machine that she's actually afraid to use because she's afraid to, quote, wear it out. Is it the one with the sits up on a stand with the TV camera under it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sort of like that. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking about replacing that for her with a uh, touchscreen computer with a downward-facing webcam. I don't really know any reason why that wouldn't work, but I'm interested in you guys' opinion about the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike. Uh, that one would that one would go to Holly. I'll fuse, <laughs> she, she's our low vision person here. Okay. A CCTV. Um, they're being changed to being called a um, video magnifier, where it is the same thing as like you were saying. It's using a camera that's uh, built into. You can use it with a um, like tablets. Have the built-in camera and it has the larger screen, so that way you can have it magnify what you're looking at and then see it on the screen. Uh, There are products out there that do that. Uh, Different companies offer it, like Magnifying America and uh, Humanware, where it is a screen magnifier, but it's all in a tablet that that you can get kind of thing. All right. Are are those expensive or...? I usually... You, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think. I'm not really sure how expensive they are. Um, We usually go through a counselor and talking about receiving services to see which kind would be the right kind to get for your mother. Um, Now, if he were buying it for, you know, if they were buying it themselves without going into rehab, I think they're, they're, Fairly expensive, but not as expensive probably as what she has now was, <laughs> if that makes sense. I'm, I'm just thinking that the touchscreen, Windows-based webcam, I mean, uh, that solution would be a less than $500 solution and would actually be better than what she has today. Probably not quite that cheap. Um, yeah, it's looking like it would be about 4600 $4, bucks for uh, uh, a Windows PC with touchscreen and camera. Not for the, but he's looking for like the app, the uh, the tablet or uh, if something like that. If he wants the like tablet, it's about twenty seven hundred. But he had said Windows. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking about just you know buying an off the shelf Windows computer and buying an off the shelf webcam and rigging up some kind of a way to make the webcam face down instead of forward. Hmm. Okay. So I like, said so what you well, so what you're really looking for is like a uh, a pardon my. Simplification, but almost like a a digital magnifying glass. I think so. Yeah, and then have that image just. Uh, well, because my uh, a friend of mine, his um, mother has low vision, and we had the same thing on her computer. It's like a uh, an application that'll run that will not pixelate it, but allow the image to blow up very large. I mean, that sounds like. I mean, yeah, probably something in the Android area would probably be even be a little bit easier to adapt maybe with some of that kind of like a um, a, a homegrown magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah. Most of the expense of that looks like it's in the uh, the camera itself, which uh, on this particular site, Magnifying America, it runs about 3000 bucks. So if you could find a high-quality enough camera, you could get a mount that you could face downward. You would just have to find software that will interface properly with that camera to do what you're looking to do. That's kind of beyond the scope of what we can help you with, I think. All right. Well, I thank you. <laughs> thank you, Frank, for calling in. And I hope it works out for you. If not, you can email the show and we can look into some further uh, assistance for you. All right. Well, we're going to take our first break for the day. And when we return, we're going to continue our discussion with assistive technology with our special guest Holly Bolton and Mike Duke. If you'd like to join our conversation or ask any general tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or email the show at everyday tech at MPBonline.org. This is Everyday Tech only on MPB Think Radio.
your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our tech experts, Wilt Cotrier and Jeremy Thompson. And today we're talking assistive technology uh, for the visually impaired with our special guest, Holly Bolton. She's typing and technology instructor for the Addie McBride Rehab Center for the Blind. And Mike Duke, director of radio reading service here at MPB. Now, to join our conversation or to ask any general tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.com. Dot org. Now, before the break, we were talking about, a dip, well, we were asking you guys what you did and how assistive technology uh, plays a part in your everyday lives. But why is assistive, assistive technology so important? Anyone can take that. It gives us independence. Mm-hmm. For one thing, it mm-hmm. kind of levels the playing field with, uh, with me and my uh, coworkers. Uh, I can do... Most of the things that uh, that you or other producers can do, you know, other uh, uh, I can edit audio, which I never could do with the razor blade and the grease pencil. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know the concept, but I was never mechanically stable enough to do it. Uh, I can uh, do word processing. I can do spreadsheets. Uh, you know, so many things that before I would have to have someone. Stand there and dictate it mm-hmm. to them, or, or or dictate it to a secretary or whatever, and say this is what I want. But now I can do a lot of that myself, right? And, and that's just one way. You know, that's, that's good. That's and Holly, ways. how does it improve the quality of your life, especially in the workforce? I'm able to use my CCTV in my classroom, so that way I'm able to read normal print paper or change the screen color um, on the actual tat on the. Um, CCTV, so that way I can read a paper at a more comfortable setting. A white paper with black words can be difficult to see if you're looking at it for a long period of time, but sometimes with my CCTV, I'm able to change the screen color and have it where it's black background with white words. And I'm just going to ask, when you're saying CCTV, what is that? (laughs) Not sure. Closed circuit television. Okay. It's where the whole system is together so it's got the camera and it's able to look at whatever you've got it underneath Mm -hmm. and then it displays it on a screen okay well i'm glad you cleared that up (laughs) and you know i mean something in it i don't want people to kind of like glaze by that well something that you just actually said too and i thought that was really cool and we see that the ability to change how the text and how the information is being presented i guess that does really make a a huge difference in how you're able to to pick that up. I mean, you know, it's like it's like I mean, I've always noticed there are certain fonts that are just, you know, as as I'm getting older, so I mean, as I'm getting older, I've noticed that my my eyes aren't quite playing as nicely as they used to. I've uh, I've recently discovered that fuzzy is not a font. <laughs> but um and and as a matter of fact, I have an I have an uh, optometrist appointment tomorrow because my current glasses are about ready to be changed up. But so, but the technology being able to take those those fonts and the colors and so, and to be able to do it to what works for you, not just you know not having to sit there I guess and fit into a particular mold and say oh well this is what we think would work for everyone but make it what actually works for Holly, um, is it, just so important. It's another thing I think that technology really gives you can personalize it as well. What do you need? Right. Right. And you know we've we've got those modes on our computers as well. Uh, in under the accessibility or the ease of access settings, you can get your high contrast settings. I have a lot of older clients that ask me to adjust those settings on their monitors for them. Uh, and you can even download extensions for Google Chrome that have high contrast settings for your browser as well. So it's it's fantastic to see all that kind of stuff being included uh, to allow us to adjust those things. Right. And Mike and I talked yesterday. He said those things, people need to know that they're available. That's one of the biggest things, right? Knowing right. what's available and how to access it, correct? Right. And a lot of that is, is built in now into computers where it wasn't uh, years ago. Now, the the extra add-on software that you buy it can be more versatile in some ways. And, and the other thing that we 
want to point out is that, you know, the contrast settings that work for Holly may not work for the next person. They, they may need a different set of contrast because there's so many different vision disorders. Um, whereas I don't have to worry about contrast. All I want the thing to do is talk to me, you know, or have a braille display or whatever, but uh, mainly to talk to me. Uh, but there, there are different settings and different customizations that work better depending on your, your vision disorder and what's causing you to have the need for it in the first place. Okay. Well, we have phone lines lit up. We're going to go to Brandon first and speak with Alan. We love our friend Alan. Good morning, Alan. Hey, Michelle, Jeremy, Will, Holly, Mike. How y'all doing? I love how you do that every week. <laughs> roll, roll call. Good morning, Alan. It's been a while since I talked yeah. to you. And the great thing is Alan always remembers us. He does. <laughs> I, I just wanted to make a couple of comments to, to reiterate what y'all have already touched on. Uh, avoid getting your mind trapped as you're losing your vision that there's only one way to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think Mike said, that there are so many different vision uh, disabilities that are out there. Uh, I mean, you may be able to use, you know, continued vision with magnification, but don't don't narrow yourself to think that's the only thing you can do because uh, there's a lot you can do with audio. I, I, I'm a perfect example because my vision continues to wane every every couple of days. So, uh, and, and I've gotten to where I just depend on the audio, like, like Mike said. And, man, get an iPhone or an iOS device and start learning how to do it because you can do so much stuff. I just want to mention a couple of apps. Mm-hmm that are available, and they're free. One of them's called FlickType. It's relatively new, F-L-I-C-K-T-Y-P-E, all one word. Okay. And, and, you know, I, I, you hear horror stories about people trying to learn how to type on these on-screen keyboards. This app is amazing because it presents a keyboard at the bottom of the screen, you know, bottom third of the screen, and you tap where you think the letters are, swipe one time, and it'll, it'll, it has a predictive engine that's amazing. It'll tell you what what it thinks the word was you wanted. And if it's not right, you can swipe down with one finger, and it'll give you the next choice. Oh, wow. Once once it announces the word you wanted, you type your next word. It it, it puts the spaces in there for you. So there's no, there's no space bar. There's no other external keys that'll get in your way with your typing. And it, it, it it's amazing. So uh, uh, try that out. And another one is called Seeing... AI, the word seeing, and the letters AI with the space between them by Microsoft. And it'll, you can hold your phone like over your mail and stuff, and it's got like a, like a quick read mode that'll, it'll, it'll, it'll read you what it sees. You don't have to take a picture, you don't have to do anything. It'll just, it'll just read stuff to you. Microsoft has put a lot of money into that, and I saw the other just recently, uh, yesterday, that they're, they're putting some more money into that uh, to, to, to develop it even better. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's just so much out there, especially in the uh, iOS came out a few years ago, and they built in what's called voiceover, which is the screen reading thing built into the the iOS operating system. So there's just a lot that that developers can do to make, you know, people that have difficulty seeing where they can still use these devices and stuff. So I just wanted to mention those two and just say keep an open mind, get in learning mode, and, and get out there and start kicking the tires and stuff there's a lot out there that can help you it does have a learning curve but as you say but and the other important thing is if you own an eye something that's been built in the last 10 years you've got the technology right there in your hand it's just turned off you don't know it's in there and you go find it in settings and so forth and turn it on uh right before you turn it on, look at make sure you know how to turn it off in case you don't want to play with it. But because when you turn it on, it's going to change the way your phone behaves a, a little bit. You have to touch everything twice, you know, to make it work, to make it actually do stuff. So we had seeing AI, and what was the other one again, Alan? Flick type, F L I C K T Y P E, with capital F and a capital T, but no spaces. Perfect. Thanks, Alan. You always give us great advice and great comments every week. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Thanks for the program. Y'all love it. So oh, you're care. welcome. You're welcome. We're going to move on to uh, Brandon again. Stay in Brandon and speak with Jesse. Good morning, Jesse. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing Wonderful, great. Jesse. Wonderful. How are you? Can't complain. Um, I'm, I'm currently uh, just running uh, my Internet through a uh, regular Ethernet cable. And I'm wanting to upgrade uh, how many megabytes per second I'm running to around between 25 and 40 if I can get it. 
and um, trying to figure out what's the difference between the Cat 5 and the Cat 6 cable and which do you think I'll need for that much uh, MPS per second? Well, at that particular level, either of them are going to do just fine. Um, Cat 6 and then the newer one, Cat 6A, where its real big difference comes in is its ability to handle 10 gig and above um, and, and the distance limitations there. But when you're talking about our, our typical speeds that we would use at the home, you're going to usually not go above one gig, which Cat 5 and Cat 5E handle just fine. One thing you'll notice now is a lot of Cat 5 and Cat 6 cables, they're pretty much the exact same price. Um, but again, we, we utilize Cat 6 and Cat 6A um, in the business environment. We can actually use that for you know, a little bit of small backboning, like I said, for 10 gig lines. But uh, either one would do just fine for what you're wanting to do there, Jesse. Yeah, and right. for your for your local network, if you do want to run Cat Six, you will see speed benefit. But if you're looking at internet speeds, yeah, you're you're probably not going to get much over a uh, hundred, even on a really solid connection, unless you're on fiber or something bigger. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, Jesse. See, that's that um, talk that we were talking yeah. about. I well, have no idea, talk. earthly <laughs> idea, what you guys just said. Well, and, sounds and, like a jargon to me. When we're talking Cat Five and Cat Six, mm-hmm. what we're talking about anyone who has um, anyone who's ever plugged up a computer, it looks like the large overgrown phone cable that goes in the yeah. back. The network cables and Category 5 and Category 6 are just two um, standards okay. with what those are. So one being faster he than He felt he needed to explain that to me. That was great because yeah. I just call you guys to set it Think up. Think of I, it I as don't. different <laughs> sizes of pipe. Okay. Exactly. That's <laughs> and now he's talking about that. fix it one-on-one. See, he's going down another path I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move before. We're going to go to Port Gibson, and then we're going to go to break and come back and talk about some more apps and things um, uh, that Holly and Mike use on a daily basis. Uh, Linda from Port Gibson. This is my friend. Hi, good morning, Linda. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Yeah, I was a client of Addy McBride back in '76. Ooh. Oh, okay. And, uh, I uh, took Taipan, and but uh, I had a good counselor, and he bought me that TI uh, calculator, and uh, are you all aware of? Zoom text. Yes, I do teach Zoom text class um, at the center. Uh, it's a wonderful program that does work um, to enlarge the screen and change the different uh, settings that are needed for different eyes. You're able to change the contrast, change the size of the font on the screen. You can make things bold. Everything is very customizable. It is one of the one of the programs that I'm able to cover at the center. I have Zoom text, and um, I also have that CCTV, but I got the big clunky one, and it works. Hello. All right. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. here. Yeah. I think Zoom text. That's the when I mentioned my uh, friend's mother earlier. I remember that's the program that she's actually using, and and she absolutely loves it. But it enables her. It, it's really it's enabled her just to kind of get in and do anything that she's I'm needing not, to do. If I'm not mistaken, that was the first of the screen magnifiers, and and it's yeah, uh, it they, they've been kind of, you know, they they've kind of absorbed some of the others that have come along since. And so Zoom text Zoom text is still kind of the cat's meow among mm-hmm. magnifiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Linda, you have another comment? Yes, I have another comment. Okay. Uh, I, I had good experiences at uh, Eddie McBride that led me on to further my career and get into computer programming. Oh, that's what and they're there for. That's great. I'm a retired computer programmer, uh, management analyst. And, uh I really thank Patty McBride for their uh, helping me because I couldn't type or anything. So you were into the computer programming back when it was new for people with uh, low vision or blindness. Yes, I was. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, I am. I do have the radio reading service. All right. Yeah. And, you know. I like it. Uh, I like to listen to the old story. Did we old did we story. get you one? Were you the one that from down there that had a one that didn't work the other not long ago? Oh, uh, 
phone, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. It, it didn't pick up the radio reading service, and I, I sent it back, and you all sent me an older one, and it works like a charm. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, we're so glad, Linda, that um, Addie McBride Center and MPB has been able to improve the quality of your life. I'm so glad uh, that you were able to fulfill your dreams and becoming that uh, computer tech person that you always wanted to be. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you for calling in, Linda. Oh, thank you. All right. Have a good day. All right. All right. And that's what we're talking about. Before we go to break, she just put into words what we're the reason why we're doing these shows, assistive technology and technology period helps to improve the quality of life. Let's Mike do everything I do and do it better. <laughs> well, I won't go that far. No, but... <laughs> you've been doing it for 40 years. Oh my God. And I just love how uh, you've seen it grow. You've seen it change. You've seen it get better and better. And of course, before the show's over, we're going to talk about new technology on the horizon. What's next for technology for low vision and blindness? I mean, it's a possibilities are amazing. We're yeah, I mean, take, it really, uh-huh. I mean, it really is. I mean, just no limits. No limits. Well, we're going to take, that's a good um, break right there. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about assistive, assistive technology for the visually impaired. Now, phone lines are open. Give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech only on MPB Think Radio. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our tech experts, Wilt Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And today we're talking about assistive technology for the visually impaired with special guest Holly Bolton, typing instructor and technology instructor for Eddie McBride Rehab Center for the Blind, and Mike Duke, director of radio reading service at MPB right here with us. All right. Now, to join our conversation or to ask any general tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, we've had some great questions this morning, and we talked about a lot of technology and things like that for people that are visually impaired or blind. But what type of assessment assessments are um, required? Or what do you do at first if someone, how do they become a part of the Addie McBride Center? Do they go and just call? In order to come to the Addie McBride Center, you actually have to speak with the Department of Rehabilitation Services. Uh, You can visit their website, which is www.mdrs.ms.gov. You can also call their phone number, which is 1-800-443-1000. Uh, when you speak to someone there, you want to make sure to ask for the um, office for the fo- office of vocational rehabilitation for the blind, so that way they can set you up with a counselor. People that come through our center have gone through working with a counselor to get their vocational needs met, and then they're able to come. Their counselor can see if they're ready to come to the center. And so, if a family, a parent, uh, a parent has a child that needs assistance in learning how to use technology at a young age. Do they call the same number? Or is there another place? Mike, do you know if they have uh, places for children separate from the Eddie McBride? Very young children, uh, I'm not sure about. Uh, as, as Holly said earlier, there are summer programs for 
older teens that are about to enter college or, you know, finish uh, maybe junior, what are they, the 16, I think, is when they yes. will work with them. Uh, prior to that, you have to, you know, school resource teachers uh, and uh, other, but that there's not a, unfortunately, in, in, in many cases, there's not a, a program within uh, rehab itself for teaching young children a computer now the you know a lot of them they pick that up at home especially ones with a little bit of vision so they're you know they get up to a run and start with it but but uh, there's the the uh, programs that uh, we're talking about right now start at about age 16 and and so my question i guess is if you're a parent and you're looking to you you're not blind yourself and you you have a child that is you have to find the resources to help teach them cuz you don't know how to do the you know the technology and you need someone to train your children, child um at a young age so they can like you might grow up and know how to do it and have a, a fulfill you know fulfillment a fulfilled right. life now i know mississippi school for the blind has has you know some classes for their students mm-hmm. Uh, if the if the child is not a, a, not attending the Mississippi School for the Blind, if they're attending public school, mm-hmm. then uh, place the first place to go would be the uh, the resource teachers and the tech teachers in that school that your your, your child is attending. Okay, so what's required for uh, a computer to be usable by a person who is blind or has low vision? A boatload of memory. <laughs> You cannot have too much memory. I can use a boatload of memory myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, unfortunately, we can't buy that. Exactly. I've tried plugging in; it doesn't work. <laughs> but seriously, it does take some memory, and you know, Windows is in particular gobbles up a lot of memory on its own. So, uh, put as much memory into the computer as you can. Pretty much now, any computer. Uh, you know, we'll run the Windows-based programs as long as you've got enough hard hard disk space to store the program. And each program that, whether it's JAWS, which stands for Job Access with Speech, that's the program that makes uh, the computer talk, and it has some limited magnification function in it as well. Uh, but the those programs will tell you on the package. You know, here here are the minimum requirements, uh, and. It's a case of bigger and is usually better in that it won't it won't uh, bog down the system. Okay. And same thing for Zoom Text or the mm-hmm. other programs. Okay, and at your uh, Addie McBride Center, Holly, what type of uh, technology do you guys use? We train using computers um, to use. We use Zoom Text. We have Jaws. We also offer training using um, some of the settings that come built in on computers. So on a Windows computer, you automatically have your high contrast settings that you can change um, and adjust. Um, you also have the magnifier that is built in. It's simple and it's neat. It's nice to use if you're in a situation where you need to have something enlarged. You can use magnifier. There is a narrator that is built into the computer as well. Uh, it takes some getting used to to get comfortable with, though. Mm. Um, it's, it's gotten better, but it's still, you've got to really want to use it yeah. <laughs> to make it do. Yeah, it's like I've kind of, uh, I've toyed around with it a little bit, and it just, yeah, it does seem, um, it, it has seemed to me, whenever I've at least played with it, that it seems to know the operating system stuff. Like if you hover over certain buttons and some other things, it knows that very well, but anything that goes away from the operating system, it seems, at least in my experience, it kind of struggles with. And there's also a list of keyboard command, uh, you know, keyboard commands, which someone like me, who's totally blind, you know, I put the mouse as far away from me as I can get it. Mm -hmm. So I don't bump it and I have Mm -hmm. to do everything with keyboard controls. And they've, they've gotten a lot better at that kind of stuff with my, with narrator, but it's not as, as intuitive as some of the other stuff that you add on. And um, actually, we have a question in the talk box, which we were going to get to next, but I'm glad he asked that. This is Harry from the coast. Uh, he wants to talk about softwares, uh, software systems from least expensive to most expensive. And that's what we were going to get into um, in just a little bit about the price and how uh, how they range, and if someone can't afford it, how can they get assistance in um, paying for any of these um um, systems. Who wants to take that one? <laughs> well, uh, again, if you're doing this for uh, work-related things, check with the vocational rehabilitation agencies. Uh, for an individual, there 
have been at times some some technology grants out there that will pay for some things and of course some things it will not pay for um jaws holly do you remember what jaws cost now i think it's about 1200 or 1300 bucks it costs more than the computer uh, i would agree with that and and same for zoom text uh mm-hmm. there is a free screen reader that they ask for donations to help support the development of and it has come a very long way it's called nvda which stands for non-visual desktop assistant and uh there's a lot of people around the world working on that thing it's an open source uh you know for uh uh, people that want to delve into that part of the operation and it will do a lot of things again it's not as intuitive as some of the things that you can can pay big money for but it's out there and it's a quick dirty way to get somebody on the uh you know like reading email or whatever uh some of the simple stuff it it just kind of does intuitively but uh, if you want to be a power user with it it's got a learning curve right. yeah you know and that's that really neat that you bring that up too and that is we hear that kind of come up especially on this show a pretty good bit the whole idea of the open source and that's that's something that's really kind of cool on the tech side too people are out there working on these things developing and and again they're trying to add to that making a difference as well um you know and it's really kind of exciting that folks are putting that together there because i mean let's just be honest not everyone's got necessarily the budget to be able to you know if we all just had unlimited money i'm sure we could do a lot of things but um it's really nice to see that the programming community is actually coming together and trying to make a difference as well. Exactly. Yeah, just looking up the prices on that JAWS software, you're looking at about 900 bucks. So, yeah, open source all the way, man. All right, well, we're going to take another our last break, but when we get back, uh, Al, I promise we're going to come back to you from Mobile. We're going to come back with you and with your question. Uh, if you have any questions for Holly or Mike or any general tech questions for our tech experts, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're talking assistive technology for the visually impaired or blind this morning. This is MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo for Southern Remedy. Each Wednesday, we answer your calls on health issues of interest to you. They range from medical questions on kids, young adults, baby boomers, and seniors. Whatever you need to know. Join me for Southern Remedy this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture and Jeremy Thompson, our technology experts. And today we've been discussing assistive technology for the visually impaired with special guest Holly Bolton, typing and technology instructor with the Addie McBride Rehab Center for the Blind, and Mike Duke, director of radio reading service here at MPB. Now, we have open phone lines, so there's still time for you to get your questions answered. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And as I promised, we're going to go to Mobile and speak with Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning. And I just had a comment for the person with about young people in school mm-hmm. is that the public schools I, I don't wouldn't bet the public private schools have to do this but they are required to provide reasonable extra assistance 
disabled students under the American with Disabilities Act, and there should be a resource teacher, and they should be able to ask for an individualized treatment program. There right. Be a, you know, they, they have to have a the, conference. The edu- individualized then, education plan is what they call those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so, uh, um, they many times you find that resource person in the special education department, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, is where they, you know, many times you find those. If you suspect that your school doesn't have one and you really need one, look at the, uh, go to the Department of Education in your state and find out where, you know, where that person will be for that district and, uh, you know, get in touch with them. And the other key thing here is, your parent, if you're the parent of a person with special needs, be they low vision, be they whatever, stay involved. The more involved you are as a parent, the better this is going to work for your child. Yes, there's a lot to be said for persistence. (laughs) Yes, indeed. All the way around. Uh, Thank you, Al, for that um, comment. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. We're going to move to Jackson now and speak with Jonathan. Good morning, Jonathan. Hi, good morning. Are you had a question or a comment? Yeah, uh, uh, both. I, I give a lot of presentations, and I read an article, I don't know where it came from, that it's easier to read light text on a back background, uh, on a dark background. And then also they specifically recommended uh, a font, a Georgia font, they said was like the easiest to read. Um, and I changed some presentations that way and had anecdotal, you know, ev- uh, people said, hey, that we liked it. But is there, do you know, um, is there a specific, you know, best font or, or best color that makes it easiest to read? Every eye is different. Um, Even my own eyes over the years have changed. So what was comfortable for me 10 years ago is not as comfortable for me now. So I I don't know if there's a a perfect uh, kind of color combination or font. Uh, It just depends on everybody's eyes. Jonathan, you're talking about for like a projector or projected on a screen or whatever rather than something up close. I'm sorry. Yeah, they were they were like PowerPoint presentations yeah. that you gave to groups. Um, but I, I changed and started using that font in my emails, and, and one or two people said, hey, they, they liked it. Um, but, but I guess I just didn't know if there was something even better out there. Okay. maybe they... If it works, keep using it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and that that's, uh, that's really some really good insight because I do quite a few different presentations myself, and I have kind of found there's even some that are just e- a little bit easier on me uh, as I've gotten a little bit older that we've kind of – switched on up so it's really you know but going back to holly's point too i mean all of us it's uh it's so different and and it can be kind of hard to detect but i think that's some great advice true and if you're Uh, doing a presentation like she said everyone in your presentation is has a different uh, combination so it one might not work for everyone in there i get you if if a font says serif on it uh, it's going to have like little lines and things on it that make it easier to read. So the, any the, anything that says serif on it will be uh, better legible than something that says sans serif for most people, I would think. All right. All Thank right. You. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, be, uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk about how you guys use uh, assistive technology outside the workplace in your homes, in your everyday lives. I have Braille on my microwave oven. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm a ham radio operator, and I use some uh, computerized uh, logging programs, which are basically databases that we use for some of the ham radio activities that I take part in. There are several of them that work right out of the box with the adaptive software, and uh, they work quite well. Uh, More and more people are using the computer to control things uh, around their home. Uh, I don't do that really yet, uh, controlling things with the computer. I do have that uh, that little smart gal, you know, that I love to, yeah, well, Minerva or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and I love to, I love to challenge her to find, you know, I love to play stump the speaker oh, and have it give it some music that it, you know, can't find or whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And Mike, you had a uh, money. Indicator. I have a, a money a little, identifier. A little gadget that's called a money identifier or a currency identifier, and you it's a little box about uh, uh, about you know a couple of inches by uh, three inches maybe. Yeah. You slide a a uh, bill into the slot on the box, and then you press a button and. 
And it says nothing. Oh, uh, let's try this again. <laughs> but it well, it's not. Oh, I think okay. it said something. It said error, which means okay. it didn't. Which means that uh, it didn't like what I had it to read. This is so typical of a text show. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> well, a while ago it would. It, man. All right, let's try this. And it says ten. Ten, I don't know right? That, I don't know if that came across the. Yeah. 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 So that's me. And and this this is what we're talking about. Technology that helps you live a day a, a normal life. You can pull out your money and you won't get gypped. You didn't pull out a hundred and think you're giving someone a ten. That, that particular device is actually available for anybody who can be certified as uh, being blind or you know low vision enough to need it. It's actually available through the U.S. Department of Treasury uh, of the Treasury. They administer that through the National Library Service Talking Books Program. Wow. Uh, and you can contact me at Radio Reading, and I can put you in touch with the local folks here that do that. That's just that awesome. awesome. That really is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't all that much. It wasn't all that much uh, larger than almost like a, uh, a car remote. You know, like right. A, I mean, a little bit larger than that, maybe about a garage door remote. Well, we right. may do this show again. We may do a part two on assistive technology because there's so much out there that people can learn to do and, and, and put on their computers, and we can come back with some more apps and things like that. We want to thank our special guest, Holly Bolton, typing and technology instructor for the Addie McBride Rehab Center for the Blind, and Mike Duke, director of radio reading service here at MPB, for joining us today. And thank you for listening. If you missed any of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org or subscribe to our podcast. Uh, well, Jay White was our board operator this morning, and our phone screener was Lori Thompson. For Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy up next, and join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech, only on MPB Think Radio.